1: Hi and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of the show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who's an active member of AA. And I'm now going to ask our guest, John, to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting.
0: Hi, my name's John. I'm an alcoholic. Hey John. The AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics achieve sobriety.
1: Thank you very much, John. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognize it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease The alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. So now, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM, and we're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share his experience with alcoholism. So, John, would you like to just introduce yourself, give us a bit of a sketch of who you are, your rough age, maybe your occupation, your marital status, kids and things. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? That sort of a thing.
0: Sure. Um, My name's John. Uh, I think the foremost thing about me today is I'm an alcoholic in recovery. Um, I'm uh, 52. Male, born in Christchurch, uh, born and raised in Christchurch, been here my whole life. Um, I've got uh, three kids, um, blended family, um, and, and uh, yeah, married today, yeah. Okay.
1: So, give us a bit of
0: a rough idea of when you started drinking and how it progressed. Uh, so... I started drinking at the start you know I started drinking seriously right from the first one and that was uh, about 12 years old um I was uh I was I remember I was at a party in Auckland at my sister's house uh with some family do and um and I was the 12 year old barman and I was hands-on with the beer and the booze and um two for you, one for me, and uh, it did not end well. Um, you know, that, that that night was the night that, um, the first night I got drunk, the first night the room spun, the first night I threw up, and the first time that I woke up with a hangover the next day.
1: So the lights went on.
0: Absolutely, yes. <laughs>
1: yes. So, and after that experience, what did you find alcohol did for you?
0: Um... Alcohol was my solution to the way I felt, and that's a common thread with, um, you know, people I see in AA, is, is um, you know, I, I didn't feel right, even as a kid. Um, I felt like an outsider. I felt not good enough. Um, you know, it, it, I never felt whole. And I guess that's something, one of those things that I know today, I never knew at the time. I was just a kid you know and i didn't feel right and alcohol fixed the way that i felt yeah. alcohol made me feel whole
1: yes we hear that so often don't we yeah so did you drink socially or did you drink alone or binge or daily or um
0: as as a young fella um i i drank as often as i could um which you know, between the ages of 12 and 16 wasn't that often, um, but when I could, I did, um, and I felt better for it. Uh, interestingly, I used to play soccer, but um, you know, around the 15, 16-year-old uh, age, I swapped to rugby because I could drink at the club rooms. I could drink after practice, I could drink after a game on Saturday and, um, you know, I was starting to get some pocket money uh, and and a licence and that sort of stuff so I could take 20 bucks and have a night out, you know, underage at the local pub back in those days and, um, you yeah, know, times were good.
1: Yeah, and you could have a night out for 20 bucks in those days. Indeed you could.
0: <laughs> it was a big night. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start to feel that it was becoming a problem? Well, that's that's a real thing about my drinking was um the good times didn't last. Um I I was the I was the type of drinker who had no limits. Um, you know, it, it it was it was on and uh it was game on all the time. Uh as I got older, as I worked more, earned more money, it just allowed me to drink more. Um having money equaled getting drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, did you ever try to stop?
0: Yeah. Um, so, when, when, I was, when I turned 20, um, one of the things, the first thing that happened when I turned 20, back at those, in those days, that was the age that you could legally drink in a pub. <laughs> um, I, I stopped doing the work that I w- was doing, which was um, a reasonably good job in marketing, and I went straight for hospitality. So at the age of 20, I was working in restaurants and bars, pour, pouring drinks for you and for me. And um, there was a time uh, when I was about 24 where I was um, working in one pub, uh, living in a bed-sit above another pub, and um, and socialising in other bars. And, and that was my lifestyle. That was the whole thing.
1: So um – What made you realise that you needed help? Can you tell us a bit about how you got into recovery? (laughs)
0: Um, So the first time I realised I needed help was when I was waking up, reaching for a bottle of vodka and and, um, I was (laughs) rather than that helping me get out of bed and get on with my day. um, I was reaching over for the bottle of vodka and passing out again. So I wasn't even making it out of bed at that stage. 24 years old, and uh, I, I reached out to some services around uh, town at the time and ended up in Queen Mary Hospital. Um, yeah, so that, that was my first effort at this. Um, it wasn't the end. <laughs>
1: right. And did it affect things like your jobs, your relationship with family and friends, the law? Did, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, so amazingly, I got away with a lot. A hell of a lot. Um, the biggest effect would have been my jobs. Um, yeah, yeah I drank to the point where um, I was drinking twenty four seven. So that meant that um, any job that I had at any given time, uh, I had something on board, whether whether at that stage, whether it was alcohol or drugs or whatever. Um, but yeah, I had something on board, and um, and that shows after a time. Um, However, uh, family-wise and, and that sort of thing, I got away with a lot. People don't often see what they don't want to see, uh, and if you're actively working to hide it, then you can get a long way without being seen, yeah.
1: So can you remember and describe your first AA meeting?
0: Um so there was, there was the period of time where I was in uh, Queen Mary Hospital and AA was part of that experience. I went into Queen Mary really sick. Uh, the, the truth is I came out of Queen Mary really sick and um, uh, thought I could do this on my own. Uh, I came out of there and ran my own program for about nine years. Um, I stayed uh, to an extent dry for most of that period until such time as a drink became reasonable again. And um, and I went into a three-and-a-half-year relapse where I lost everything. Um, I lost everything multiple times. <laughs> um, and, um, and that got me into my first AA meeting uh, for my sobriety today. Mm-hmm. That was a meeting, um, it was the men's meeting on a Wednesday night over in Littleton, and I vividly remember walking up to that door and hearing laughter and conviviality behind that door. (laughs) And um, I felt like I was about to walk into a bar. It actually felt comfortable. Um, I walked in there and I was welcomed. And it was the first time I've been welcomed anywhere for a long, long time.
1: So other members welcomed you. Um, How did you actually feel through that meeting and afterwards?
0: Um, I felt great going to that first meeting um, by the time that I I mustered up the courage to go to a meeting I was absolutely desperate I just needed to know what to do I needed help um, I was I'd lost everything and, and and I was at the end of my rope um, my choices were slim and and it was a uh, very real choice uh, whether I attempted recovery or took my own life. Yep. So
1: can you describe what you mean by losing everything?
0: Uh, yeah, so um, uh, everything of value. Um, you know, I I, I lost uh, multiple jobs. I, I, I was, during that period, um, uh, self-employed and I went bankrupt. Uh, I then lost consecutive jobs after that. Um, my family left me. Uh, my children and my partner of the time, um, but most importantly my self respect left me um, i couldn't eyeball myself in the mirror any time anymore, and um i couldn't accept who I had become
1: and Could you see that it was attributable to alcohol
0: absolutely yeah, yeah uh, sure. for for a very long time, I had been aware of of alcoholism being active in my life um, I just had never come to a point of managing it.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so since then, how have you managed to stay sober, your, your process of recovery? What's been helpful, what hasn't?
0: Uh, my process of recovery absolutely has been the program of AA, uh, the 12-step program. Um, you know, when when I came to that first meeting and I was welcomed, um, I was also uh, uh, given some suggestions, you know, a- and I hear it in the rooms today, these suggestions are like, you know, if you jump out of an aeroplane, it's highly suggested that you pull the ripcord. Um, you know, I was told. Simple fact. And I needed to be told um, because I didn't know and I was okay with that. I was told to... Um, get a sponsor get a sponsor who um, uh, practiced the the um, 12 steps of aA and go through go through those steps with the guidance of my sponsor get a big book attend meetings um, I was told that attending meetings could um, keep me sober um, but if I wanted to change my life I needed to do the 12 steps um, I heard that I was desperate enough to hear it and and run with it Um, if anything I could I could say I was excited you know for the first time in a long time I I saw that there was hope for me Um, you know hope for me in my life and and that was very different
1: yeah Yeah, it's a big word for us isn't it hope absolutely hold on pain ends yes (laughs) so how important has service
0: been as part of your recovery um, services being uh very important to differing degrees at different times. Uh early on it was an absolute essential for me. Um, you know, I, I got in I got those early um uh service positions of, of secretary and treasurer. Oh god, treasurer, holding somebody else's money being responsible for it and and um Feeling guilty for my own thoughts, <laughs> um, you know, because early early recovery was rough. You know, I was walking around with a lot of the old stuff still, and and um, and limited um, limited resources. And here I'm looking after a bag of money. It was it was challenging, um, but a learning experience as well. Um, and and so yeah, there was a huge value in in all of these little. Um, Service positions, tea and coffee person turning up with the tea and coffee every every week, so that um, you know uh, other people would have res- refreshment. It was important. Um, moving on from there, you know, there's been there's been times. Um, Oh, uh, my wife and I started up a meeting because we shifted place and and to be honest it was totally self-serving we shifted to a place where there wasn't a meeting we started a meeting and people started coming um, so our self-serving um, ended up serving somebody else and and that's proven um, uh, beneficial a couple of times um, yes yeah, so there's different service and, and it's played different roles in my recovery Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe yourself in the life you have today? What are your sort of inner values and things we talk about, self-esteem, confidence?
0: Hmm. Um, Unrecognisable to who I was. Um, I think my entire life I have had um, a moral compass, um, but it's always been Pointing far from north, <laughs> um, you know uh, this. The twelve steps of AA has 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 helped me adjust to, um, my compass. Um, it, it's helped me adjust who I am to from um, from what I thought I was, but wasn't to um, beyond what I thought I could be. Uh, and and that's that 's stunning um it 's absolutely amazing i it, it I have periods of um gratitude where uh it just floors me because I remember what my life was like yeah yeah
1: and what about other things in your life you know the the, the accoutrements of recovery
0: the hobbies oh, the stuff work, the stuff yeah. <laughs> the stuff yeah look um 13 years sobriety. Um, 13 years ago, I had absolutely nothing. Uh, I, I moved into a flat with a gentleman in his 70s who opened his door to me. Um, I took a, a bed, a chest of drawers, and the clothes that were in those drawers, and that was it. Um, today, through no real effort of, of my own. Um, yes, yes, I've been involved in my recovery. Yes, I've gone and re-educated myself. Yes, I've been principled in my work and my work ethic. Um, and today um, uh, I have responsibility for 21 direct reports, staff who report to me. Um, I own property. Um, I, I'm I'm in a, an exceptional relationship, a healthy relationship. I have good relationships with um uh family and friends. Um, I almost feel human today, you know. Uh and, and, and that's um that's rewarding, you know.
1: Would, would you describe it as a life
0: beyond your wildest dreams? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um yeah, you know, uh, I'm living the life that I never thought I deserved. It's as simple as that. I, I just didn't have any thought that I could have this in my life.
1: Yeah, it's mm. beautiful. So um, AA is described as a spiritual program. So what does, what does spirituality mean to you? And What would you say? How
0: does it differ
1: from what you had before or what you did before?
0: Um, spirituality means everything to me. It's probably, today, it's the most personal thing. Um, my spirituality, my spiritual relationship with my higher power is the most personal relationship that I have, bar none. Um, I've always, I have the uh, spiritual relationship based on um, the small child that I was playing on my own out in the country, and, and, and but never feeling alone. There was always something there. There was always something around me. And um, and as I grew up, uh, I started taking alcohol and drugs. That left me. Or I left it more to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, in retrospect, I can see that it's always been there in my life and and reached out and touched me when I needed it um, and touched my life and, and acted in my life. Uh, and in early sobriety um, it was there again and, and my higher power my relationship with my higher power is as simple as that um, I certainly try not to complicate it because I am absolutely capable of overthinking things overworking things creating something out of nothing and all of a sudden I'm looking at something that is not my higher power um, whereas if I just accept that my higher power is and is interested in me and is acting in my life, then I'm good.
1: So just to wrap up, what would you suggest for any listeners who think they might have a drinking problem? What sort of advice might
0: you give them? Um, If somebody thinks that they have a uh, drinking problem and is unsure, come along to a meeting, sit down, have a listen to some alcoholics um, you will either connect with those people or you will not. It may be for you or it may not um, give yourself the opportunity, I would suggest, is is just turn up and have a listen. Yeah.
1: And are there any specific questions or, that you would ask somebody to help them decide? <sighs>
0: um, I guess my question would be to somebody who... who uh, is unsure, is um, do you have a choice in what you do on a daily basis? Are you ru- ruled by anything that is not what you want to be ruled by? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Look, John, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having
0: me, Chris. It's um, uh, it's. Second time I've turned up, it's, it's a pleasure once again to have the opportunity to share my story, and I, I just hope that um, somebody finds something in this that they relate to, and, and uh, whether it's hope, encouragement, whatever, um, yeah, I hope somebody does come away with something from it. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much, John. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, You can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800-AA-WORKS. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz, or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that is your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. And we'll now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. To to a God of your own understanding, God, grant Grant me the the serenity serenity to to accept the things I cannot change, change. courage to change the things things I I can, and and wisdom to know know the the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.